have you turn to Acts chapter 1 and use the same verses that we used last week as we talked last week about the ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning we're going to deal with what the, the messenger had to say that we're standing there and talking to the disciples. Acts chapter number 1, and we'll read the scripture here in just a minute, but in reality, I want you to understand none of us has the ability to carry out our own will. I know we got plans today, I'm sure you have plans, but you know, we can't say for certain that we're going to get to carry those plans out, can we? That's why the scripture says in James 4, James 4 verse 15 that we ought, you ought to say if the Lord will... We shall live and do this or that. God and God alone has the ability to carry out His own will. There are many different scriptures uh, that uh, we can find where our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, says, I will. And then He carried out His will. John 2 verse 19, Jesus answered and said, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. And he did that. He was talking about his body. And when they killed him and placed him in the grave, in three days he did come out of the grave and he showed himself alive. Amen? John 14 verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. And we could turn over to Acts chapter number 2 and we see where Jesus fulfilled that request as the Holy Spirit was sent and given to believers. In Revelation chapter number 3 and verse number 20, as he appeared to uh, the uh, Apostle John, John the Revelator, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Can I tell you that the Lord wants to have fellowship with you this morning? And if you'll invite him in, he will have fellowship with you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're living in a time when a lot of people are heavy laden. A lot of people have burdens. They don't know what to do with them. Well, Jesus has invited you to take and carry them to Him. And if you will come to Him, He will give you rest if you will leave those burdens with Him. We know also in Hebrews 13, verse 5, it records that, He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And he never has and never will leave us nor forsake us. Jesus also gave his disciples a promise that relates to us and relates to this passage of scripture that we're going to read today. In John 14 verse 3, we dealt with it previously. If I go, he says, and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's a promise. I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am there you may be also. You know, I'm seeing a lot of folks question His promise. We're living in some difficult days. And a lot of things that are happening in this world, people are beginning to wonder, well, where's Jesus at? Is He going to come like He said He was going to come? It reminds me of John the Baptist being imprisoned by Herod and sending two of His disciples to ask Jesus in Matthew 11:3, Are thou He that should come or do we look for another? Remember that? Well, John the Baptist knew that that Jesus was the Lamb of God. He had pointed to him twice and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he knew that what the God the Father had told him, what the Holy Spirit had revealed to him, was that 
the one that uh, he saw when he baptized, uh, the Holy Ghost ascending on him and being uh, like a dove there, uh, that would be the one. And Jesus is the one. He, he gave witness that Jesus is the one that the, the Father sent to be the Messiah. But what we see happening in this world, I want you to understand it should solidify the promise of our Lord. It should solidify it. And cause us to look and to live for his coming. Because he and others prophesied of times just like we're having that we're going to arrive before the Lord came again. Uh, we're seeing prophecy being fulfilled even in our day. It, things are getting worse. We, these are some perilous times like Paul said we're going to come. Um, and so... This morning I want us to see from Scripture and understand this morning the reality of Christ's return. And I want you to know that it's an absolute reality. So let's look at our text this morning. Let's read the Scripture, Acts 1. We're going to begin reading verse number 9. And this is when Jesus was being taken up from the earth. And when he had spoken these things, when Jesus had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Man, what a, what a sight that must have been. Amen? Verse 10, While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? And here's our text. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The coming of the Lord is a reality. It's a definite reality. And I want us to take a look this morning at the reality of Christ's return. First of all, I want you to see Christ's return will be according to his person. It's going to be according to his person. Here in verse number 11, we see uh, the, the, um, those that were talking to uh, the disciples. The, these are two angels said, this same Jesus, this same Jesus, the same one that went up is the same one that's coming back. You don't look for another one. Amen. And uh, in fact, we're going to be over in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 in a little bit. But 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 15, uh, Paul said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. The Lord's not sending somebody else. He's not sending another. There's not another Jesus coming. It's the one that went up. It's the same one that's coming back. Who is this Jesus? Well, he's the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible. Now, there's a lot of folks that are out there that bring a message about Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. He's a Jesus of some other book. But there's only one true Jesus, and that is the one that is portrayed in the blessed Word of God, the Holy Scriptures of the Bible. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the Emmanuel, the God with us. I want you to see He is the same Jesus who existed in eternity past. You know, there's a lot of folks who don't believe that Jesus is God. They're wrong. Jesus is God. I mean, how can you be God with us if you're not God? <laughs> He's the Emmanuel. And if, they, if he's the Emmanuel, that means that he, were, he existed in eternity past. In fact, the prophet Micah wrote of the Messiah 
that uh, would come and he described him this way. He, he said, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. Micah 5, two. His going forth have been of old from everlasting. He's been around forever. He, he's eternal. John chapter number 1, verse 1 and 2, the Apostle John records, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I know there's some cults that take that Scripture, and they take and twist it, and they make it something, say something that's different than that, because they don't believe that Jesus is God. But Jesus is God. The Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 1 verse 17 says that He is before all things, speaking of Christ. How could He be before all things um, if He's not God? He is God. So He's the same Jesus who existed in eternity past. He's the same Jesus who created the universe. You know that Everything that we see was created by Jesus Himself. He said so. The Word says so. And I thought, I thought Genesis 1-1 said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. But He did so by, by the Lord Jesus Christ. John 1 verse 3 says, All things were made by Him. The Him is the Word. The Word that became flesh. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Paul was speaking of... The Savior, when he said in Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. There's nothing that wasn't created by Jesus. He's the same Jesus who was born of a virgin. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the higher the highest shall overshadow thee. The angel Gabriel told uh, the Virgin Mary. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That virgin birth fulfilled the prophecy found in Isaiah 7 verse 14. In Matthew 1 verse 18 we see that before Joseph and Mary came together that Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost it says there. Matthew 1, verse 20 and 21, the angel said to Joseph, That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. The one that was born of a virgin. He's the same Jesus who lived a sinless life on earth. Sadly, as we've gotten farther and farther along in time, as polls are, are directed to people, asking them what, who, who, what they think about the Lord Jesus Christ, there are a lot of folks that say they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. Well, how do you believe on Him if you don't believe He's lived a sinless life? Because you can't be a Savior if He's a sinner. He would have need a Savior. But the Scripture says in 1 Peter 2.22, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Three times he, he was examined by Pilate, and Pilate said, I, I find no fault in him. Three times. There, there was nothing of sin in the life of Jesus. He's the same Jesus who performed miracles on the earth, many which are 
recorded in Scripture. In John 20, verse 30, says that there are many that were not. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. I mean, some of, some of those miracles included raising the dead. Dead that had been in the grave for four days. In the case of Lazarus, same Jesus who performed miracles on earth is the same Jesus that's coming back. He's the same Jesus who taught with authority. And he did do that. And Luke 2, 47 says, and, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Luke 4, 22 says that all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Luke 4, verse 32 says, and they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. That's the Jesus that's coming again. He's the same Jesus who died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. That's the reason why He came. He came to die, to seek and save that which was lost, yes. In order to save the lost, He had to go to Calvary. His blood had to be shed because without shedding of blood is no remission of sins. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's the same Jesus who they took off that cross and buried him in a borrowed tomb. Why a borrowed tomb? Because he only needed it for three days. That's it. He only needed it for three days. He said he was going to arise again, and he did. He's the same Jesus who arose from that tomb three days later when Matthew 28 6 records, He is not here, for he is risen as he said. He said he was going to do it. And he did. He's the same Jesus who appeared to believers after his resurrection. There in Acts 1 verse number 3 it says, To whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days. People still try to deny that the resurrection is a reality, but there's too much proof that it happened in order for that to take hold. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 5-8, through 8, the Apostle Paul mentions the appearances of Jesus Christ after His resurrection. He mentioned it to His disciples, to other brethren, even to Himself. In fact, there were over 500 people at one time that saw Jesus alive after His resurrection. He's the same Jesus who we saw last week ascended to heaven. He went up. What an amazing sight that must have been. Wouldn't you like to have been there? Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that He's going to be coming back in the same way He went up. The same Jesus who is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. We saw that last week also. Hebrews 1.3 When He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. He's our advocate that's with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous according to the Apostle John in 1 John 2.1. Paul recorded in Romans 8.34, It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. See, I tell you, we've got a helper up there. We do. He's a helper. He's the same Jesus who came, as I said, to seeking to save the lost. He said that in Luke 19.10. 
He's the same Jesus, though, to whom God the Father has given the power of judgment. Listen. John 5, verse 22, Jesus said that the Father hath committed all judgment to the Son. In Matthew 28, verse 18, He said, All power is given to Me in heaven and in earth. We're all going to stand before God one day. We're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, either at the great white throne of judgment, if you're lost here today, that's where you'll be. And it won't be, well, uh, are they guilty or not guilty? Everybody at the great white throne of judgment is guilty condemned for all eternity. Those of us that are saved will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There, all of those that are saved. It's not a judgment to see whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. It's a judgment of the believer. It's a judgment to see what rewards you might get. Now there's going to be some that are going to be saved yet so as by fire. They're going to watch all their works burn up because they didn't live for the Lord. But they'll be saved. Christ's return will be according to His person. He's the same one that the Scriptures mention all of these things about. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I want you to see that secondly, Christ's return will be according to His Word. According to His Word. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15, the Apostle Paul writes here, he says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. (laughs) He's talking here about the coming of the Lord. We'll read more of the passage here in just a moment. But he's, he's telling this by the word of the Lord. Jesus told his disciples he would come again. In John 14, 3, he revealed it by His messengers at His ascension that we just read in Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. He revealed it to John the Revelator in, in Revelation 22 and verse 20 where he's, he, he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. And that's our prayer today. We say even so come Lord Jesus. We, we're, we're wanting the Lord to come again. And we're hoping it's in our day. Amen. That we can escape the grave, and just go right on to be with the Lord. But Christ's return will be according to His Word because He said He is coming again. Christ's return will be also according to His timetable. Let's, let's read the, the passage of Scripture here. Verse number 13 and down to the end. Said, but, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He's talking about those who have died in Christ. He says that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now I want you to notice Christ's return will be according to his timetable. 
There in 1 Thessalonians 4.15, he talked about we which are alive. And that, and that tells us that the Apostle Paul was looking for the possibility of Christ's return even in his day. You know, it could, he could come in my day. You know, that's kind of what he was saying. He could have come in, in your day. He was talking to the Thessalonian believers. The time is not for us to know. Matthew 24, verse 36 Jesus said, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew 24, verse 42, He said, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Matthew 24, verse 44, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. There were a lot of folks looking back whenever I was a teenager. I was one of them. That's been a while. I know. Hit my 66th here a couple of weeks back. And, uh, but I remember growing up in the, in the late 60s and early 70s, there was a lot of preaching about the second coming of the Lord back then. But you know, it's still true. Jesus is coming. I, it's not that the preachers weren't telling the truth back then. They were telling the truth. And the closer we get to the Lord's coming, the more we can see, yeah, we're getting closer. We're one day closer to the Lord coming back. But none of us know. I can't tell you when the Lord's going to come. But I can tell you it's getting close. How close? I don't know. But we're, we're closer than we were yesterday. I do know that. The time is not for us to know, but He will come back. Peter said in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you're here this morning without the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, the Lord wants you to be saved. This might be your last opportunity to be saved. We don't know. Christ's return will be according to His timetable. Christ's return, fourthly, will be according to His power and glory. Then in verse 16 and 17, we saw some sounds associated with Christ's return. There was the shout of the Savior for the Lord Himself. There in verse 16, shall descend from heaven with a shout. The Lord's coming back and when He comes back, He's going to shout. <laughs> shout means a, a call. It means a summons. It's a shout of a command. That's the word that's translated there. It's a shout of a command. Maybe it's the come up hither of Revelation 4, verse number 1. I don't know. The same one who said, let there be, over in Genesis 1, and there was, is the same one that's going to come again when he shouts his command, it's going to happen. Amen, it's going to happen. There's going to be the voice of the archangel. Now, I've never heard an angel. I know some people have tried to tell me they heard angels. I've never heard an angel. But I can just imagine Michael the archangel probably got a pretty good voice. And, and again, we're not told what his voice will say, but his voice is going to be heard. And then there's going to be the trump of God. You know God plays trump? He plays the trumpet. Yeah, First, first Corinthians 15, verse 52, at the, it set, tells us in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, it's the last trump for the church because it is a call for the whole church, those that are asleep, those that have died in Jesus, and those that are alive. It's a call for them to assemble in heaven, 
to be with the Lord forevermore. It's the last trump for the church. There are some other trumpets of judgment that will be sounded afterward according to the book of the Revelation, but this is the last trump for the church, and he's talking to the church here, talking to a church, the Thessalonian church. And Paul was talking to the Corinthian church when he called it the last trump. There will be a change that takes place to all who are in Christ. Hold your place there. We'll be back real quickly here in just a minute. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 for just a moment. There's going to be a change that takes place to all who are in Christ. And it has to be this way. You know flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it says here in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 50. I'll give you just a second to get there. 1 Corinthians 15, the very last Chapter of First Corinthians, uh, well, next to the last chapter, it's got 15 to 16. We're in, we're in the chapter number 15. First Corinthians 15, verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. There it is. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You go out to all those believers that have died before, and you dig them up, what you're going to find? Corruption. They're corrupted. We corrupt every day. Why you got to take a shower? Wash some of that corruption off. That's why you're going to die one day because you, you, your body's going to corrupt. Amen? This corruption has got to put on incorruption. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. This, this, this was something that had not been revealed before. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we're not all going to die, but we shall all be changed. Whether you're dead or whether you're alive, you're, we, everybody's going to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, notice this, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We'll be made incorruptible too, see, is the idea there. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tired of the death and dying that I see in this world. It's never a pleasant thing when I have to uh, do a funeral. Some are more pleasant than others. When somebody knew the Lord, lived life for the Lord, and were ready to, to go, and uh, you know where they're at, that's a blessing. But it's still... You'd rather not have to do a funeral. You'd rather not have to. But it has to be so that, that a change will take place. In fact, the Apostle John writes in 1 John 3, 2, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as, as he is. We're going to be changed into his likeness. We're going to receive a glorified body just like His glorified body. What a blessing. I don't know about you, but i got some aches and pains. i got some, some things going on in this body that I wish weren't going on. Amen? And uh, one day that's going to change. We're going to, have a, we're going to have a body that ain't going to be nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Everything's going to be right about it. It'll never corrupt. It'll never die. It'll never get sick. It'll never have to cry. What a wonderful thing. 
Christ's return will be according though to his salvation. That's the last thing I want you to see here. Back in our 1 Thessalonians there in chapter number 4 in verse number 16 there toward the end of the verse he said the dead in Christ shall rise first. Notice dead in Christ. Those that were saved that died. That's who he's talking about. He was addressing believers. And he, he said also, he said, we which are alive, there in verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. He's talking to a church here. Talking to believers. Those who have trusted Christ will be caught up. The dead in Christ, those that he says sleep in Jesus, there in verse 14, uh, same thing, dead in, dead in Christ are those that sleep in Jesus. And then he talks about those that are alive. Those who have trusted will be called up, but those who have not trusted Christ will stay behind. Okay? The dead will stay where they're at until final judgment. And those that are alive will go through the tribulation period. Flip one page over in my Bible. It might be... a more than that in yours, I don't know, uh, to 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2, and let's begin reading verse number 7. And he talks about this time of tribulation on the earth. Uh, he says, uh, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, it's working right now, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Most scholars uh, believe that he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the influence of the Holy Spirit being taken out of, out of the way. Those of us that are uh, saved are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and uh, we have a restraining influence. The, the Holy Spirit has a restraining influence in this world. Can you imagine what this life is, what this world is going to be like when the restraining influence of Holy Spirit indwelt believers is taken out? You think it's bad now? Whew. Man. But when that takes place, that's the rapture. It says in verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed. Talking about the Antichrist. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they shall, should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness had pleasure in unrighteousness. Think about folks who have listened to a message such as this. You've heard the gospel, how that Christ has died for your sins and how that uh, if you believe on Him, you can be saved and you just reject, you continue to reject that message. You say, well, I'll get saved during the tribulation period. I wouldn't count on it. Not based on that verse. Now, not based on verse number 12, but that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in righteousness. You, you want to continue to, to live your life the way that you're living it and uh, not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then uh, 
don't count on getting saved during the during the tribulation period. Matthew 24 verse 21 describes that period, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Never shall be. Listen, folks, Christ's return is certain. Jesus is coming again. We can count on it. It's an absolute reality. His, he's going to return according to His Word. He said He would. And He's going to do it. He's going to return according to His person. He's coming personally. He's not sending somebody else. He's coming according to His timetable. I can't tell you when it is. But I can tell you it's coming. And when He comes, we'll see His power and we'll see His glory. It will be revealed to us. And His return, Lord, is according to His salvation. If He comes, are you headed up? Are you going to be left behind? That's the question. Are you ready for Christ's return? Are you saved? If not, listen, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation, according to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. If you're saved this morning, are you right with God? Are you ready to stand before Christ to give an account of your walk since you've been saved? Because we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Come to the Lord. Come to Him today. Let's pray. Father.